to Choose BKHR. Uh, you've got myself and Amy Leach today. How are you, Amy? I'm good, Andy. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Um, we are talking about the hybrid uh, world again today, um, which is a nice touch because we are recording this from uh, various remote locations. Um, but yeah, in the context of protecting business interests, um, you know, we rewind a few years um, pre-pandemic, the majority of, of people um, worked from an office, occasionally from home. Um, there are certain industries we recognise that, you know, kind of still require and have throughout the pandemic required individuals to go in to the office. Um, but there are lots of organisations, lots of industries where that culture has changed and individuals are now working certainly a bigger percentage um, from from home, um, you know, kind of usually in, in some kind of hybrid fashion at the moment. So I, I guess the question here is, is, is how how does an organisation protect itself um, in in terms of confidential information in in terms of the, the work that's being done the oversight the supervision you know kind of all all these kind of issues which were, were to some extent taken for granted because you could see people coming in and going and, and 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 kind of knowing what they're doing to some extent by overhearing the other half of the conversation you know kind of they've all gone out the window and, and people are, are are working from home um you know so it, it can lead to challenges in terms of poaching of key members of staff you know kind of you, you can pick up the phone and, and be confident that actually it, this individual will be able to speak um and, and speak quite candidly to you because you know the the only person that could be listening is 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 the family pet or you know or some, something else so um technology i guess to start with yeah what's, what's your views on that amy so i mean it is a massive help in terms of um, protecting your business interests in the hybrid world, but probably also a hindrance, I would say, in some circumstances. I know there's a lot of um, kind of reports out there. I think the government have one, actually, about the increase in cyber attacks since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and I think it's around 39% of businesses suffer a breach in cybersecurity. Um, I think it was during 2020 itself, so when the pandemic hit, which is quite a high percentage, I think, actually, um, when you think about how many businesses we have probably in the UK. And, and it feels unsurprising given the rise in the use of technology to assist with like remote working practices. And I think a lot of people, a lot of companies during 2020 will have had to have acted quickly to get their employees at home, but maybe needed or for whatever reason gave more of the security in relation to technology and afterthought because they just needed to get everybody home and safe. Um, I mean, employees' homes are generally not going to be as secure as office networks. Um, Wi-Fi might be open to more uh, breaches or interceptions. And I think like IT breaches themselves can obviously have serious impacts on an organization financially and reputationally, um, but also on day-to-day -day operations. It can just cause disruption. Like if the systems are not working and people can't log on or can't access what they need to access to be able to provide the service or the work, that then can impact on clients and customers. That can impact then on maybe profit or fees recovered. And it just has that knock-on effect. So I think first and foremost, it's just important that employers 
make sure they're investing in appropriate technology for their business and the security measures that come with that. So making sure you have up-to-date antivirus software, um, making sure you encrypt devices where possible. So if people are working remotely, having like a VPN that they use to log in. So it just gives that additional secure connection. Um, and also just to remember that I suppose technology alone can't safeguard against all attacks like human error, unfortunately, sometimes does play a factor. So for employers just to maybe look at training employees on um, kind of data security and technology at home. And uh, if you get sent emails which don't look quite right or from an unusual email address, think before opening them or like clicking on a link. So it sounds kind of almost like common sense things, but sometimes when you're really busy or you're in the midst of things or you get an email which actually does look like it's from a customer or somebody's posing as a customer you would normally deal with, it can be quite difficult sometimes to know if it's genuine or not. So it's just making sure that you um, I have relevant processes in place. So, for example, um, if you've got a specific IT team within your business, um, can employees send any unusual emails to them to check before they open them and things like that? Um, and I think as well, just finally on the technology point is if employees use their own personal devices for work. Um, so again, with the pandemic, not all businesses would have had employees maybe equipped with like laptops um, or work mobile phones. So they might have had to use their own equipment when uh, moving to working from home and carrying out their their day to day tasks. And this makes it really difficult for employers to kind of manage and potentially monitor. Um, so I suppose it's just looking at how can you keep track of devices used to access your your company data does anything need to be installed on those personal devices for the employee um, what steps need to happen if that device is lost or stolen what's the reporting procedure um, and I think again it, it goes back to I mean one of our favorite kind of points about policies and just procedures making sure you've got those in place and that you inform employees of them and make them really aware of them um, I think personally my if you can steer away from employees using personal devices and you have company devices I think that's better um but I know that's not going to be sort of viable for every business um sort of going forwards yeah I agree you know kind of like you say I mean we do talk about policies a lot but I, I think you know <laughs> kind of policies and training in this area underlies yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really important and, and other organizations I've seen in terms of trying to kind of train its workforce to keep an eye on on kind of phishing emails is that yeah. you know the IT team sends the odd email and and kind of requires that employees report it um and, and to the extent that an employee misses it or replies in a way that isn't the way it should be then then yeah. that gets kind of fed to the line manager just so that it keeps not to keep staff on their toes unnecessarily sending them emails but it just kind of keeps them alive to the, yeah, to the risk, the risk. Uh, so yeah that's that's a good kind of practical method um I, I guess you know protecting business interest when people leave a business mm -hmm. that that's when an organization is most vulnerable um you know kind of when people are leaving and are working from home again you know kind of they are potentially as an organization at their most vulnerable um you know kind of so organizations need to be proactive um there is an implied duty of confidentiality um that that every employee is subject to when when they're working um but 
uh, we would always recommend, you know, kind of additional contractual protection um, with express terms covering, you know, kind of what what employees should do and what they're not entitled to do when 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 they resign or or they are terminated um, by the organisation. You know, kind of what what do they do with company property, for example? You know, computers, mobiles, credit cards. You know, office passes. How 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 are, how are they returned? Will it will it be such that a career is is sent? Um, will checks be done on on those particular items? You know, certainly in terms of mobiles and laptops, to to make sure that they are clean and that they other copies haven't been taken because it's amazing amazing what kind of digital footprint people leave when you know kind of when they leave an organisation and don't necessarily um, realise that you know, kind of the IT teams can track that. So, you know, kind of have those practical measures in place, what is done, what isn't done, you know, kind of how the individuals are dealt with. Um, and and I guess, do, do you need to monitor, you know, kind of are the individuals going to carry on working? Because if so, they've handed their notice in, that that's when they're most likely to be sending themselves things, sending their new employers things, kind of looking to to take customers um, or clients with them. So, you know, kind of does the business need to put in place, a, you know, kind of a remote uh, monitoring exercise to, to make sure that it understands what, what the employee is doing and when. Um, the, the best kind of protection, I appreciate it's an expensive one, is garden leave because you can ask people to do nothing and, you know, kind of take take their items off them. Like most people are usually happy to do nothing. Um, but but what it does do is it, it takes them out of the market for a short period of time, um, you know, during their notice period. And and that gives you time as an organization to to get around the customers, the clients, um, you know, kind of other key members of the team to to make sure that they're feeling loved and that they know that, you know, despite this individual leaving, um, that they will still be provided with the service or you know the products that they previously have been provided um, by the organisation, um, and and obviously what it what it does do is if somebody is put in the garden, so to speak, then they are meant to do nothing. So if it comes to light that they are doing anything else, then you know that that's one of the clearest ways that you can look to to pursue them under one of their post-termination obligate. Well, it's not even post-termination because they, they are still an employee during the, the garden leave period, but they would be in breach of contract. Um, and you can look to either recover damages or pursue that individual by way of an injunction to, to stop them in their tracks. Um, obviously, in order to do that, organisations need to have a garden leave provision within the contract. Um, so worth checking uh, that key members of staff do have such provisions. Um, and and then obviously once once somebody is in the garden again, kind of what what do you do? Do you take all their company property off them straight away? We would recommend that you do, um, or or do you you kind of leave it with them, but, but obviously continue to monitor it. Um, these are all things that businesses need to think about. You know, kind of we're, we're still in full swing in terms of the great resignation. Um, so it, it seems a bit of a negative to be thinking about people leaving. Um, but unfortunately, it is a fact of life that people will move on. So, you know, in order to protect the business in the best possible way, um, especially if, if people are working in a hybrid world, then that is something that, you know, should be considered. What about 
document security yeah i think yeah i think this kind of actually leads on a bit to what sort of you were talking about andy on termination of employment because i think if you've got good document security leading up to that it may alleviate some of the problems um that you might find and um sort of loving my statistics today i know that there's been another report out there that i've seen that talks about i think it's about 50 55 56 percent of it workers believe that employees have acquired like bad security habits whilst working from home um in terms of i suppose it's a combination of home and office working uh given that hybrid um working is such a new form if people are frequently uh taking public transport again to offices there's a risk of things being left on trains because i suppose typically before when you worked in an office say five days a week or in your workplace you probably left everything there like including your laptop potentially as well it might have been locked like it should be locked away arguably but you might have left everything on your your set desk um your documents might be out you might have stuff filed away in in the corner but you didn't really move a lot of it home unless you needed to where now sort of people are probably bringing everything with them wherever they go because they need everything um and because we're in this hybrid world they could be working at home one day they could be in the office another day they could be at customers the day after and i think it just gives a bit more risk of documents either being intercepted or left you hear sort of horror stories of people leaving their their laptops on trains for example and that and obviously if it's not password protected or sort of encrypted appropriately that can cause really significant risks um to a business um i think as well a lot of employees who maybe aren't working at home or in the office but are in a cafe or working in kind of a shared um office hosted in a particular building but anyone can go there and work from that office for the day it's kind of that that confidentiality point if you're having a phone call and talking out loud about a specific customer of yours um can be careful of what you're saying basically can people around you hear that and you may not know who they are and if they work for a competitor it could cause issues again to the business um i think the inability for employers to kind of properly monitor document security sort of from people working from home or traveling a lot more can create concerns um and i think particularly again even from working from home if the employer might work or live with their family or work um near their their partner for example in the same shared home office and if their partner works for a competitor that could be quite tricky if you are again having those phone calls or meetings um out loud I think going back again to policy <laughs> um, and training, I think it is just important to have that to help reduce the risks. Um, issuing regular reminders will assist um, employees with information security, um, even if it's like uh, getting an e-learning set up so they can do a short, watch a short video or or sort of do a short piece of e-learning on it from sort of time to time just to remind them. It just keeps it out of the forefront of their minds, really. Um, and I think as well, another thing is like locking away documents. So like I said, typically before you might have left everything on your desk or um, locked it away in a filing cabinet in the office but obviously if you're at home um, you might just leave stuff sort of in your home office but actually again do should you be locking those files away should you be looking at getting measures or asking your employer to help you put in place measures in your home to keep uh, documents secure so I think it's just looking at from an employer perspective looking at maybe your existing policies on like clear desk policy and document security but just checking actually do they extend to, to home um, and if not, how could they extend to home and amending them appropriately? 
Um, and I think the final point on this, because there is quite a lot around this topic and I appreciate we're kind of doing a bit of a whistle stop tour on it today is, is maybe about um, shredding and like confidential information. So if somebody has been at home for a long time and don't regularly come into the office in order to shred um, handwritten notes or printed out papers uh, of confidential information, can an employer provide them with a shredder to do it at home or can the employer um, regularly have uh, somebody, a courier or somebody go and pick it up? from us in a secure way and shred it then for the employee and I think that if an employer puts in place a measure like that it might help on termination of employment because the employee actually won't have as much information necessarily um, with them at home because it should be periodically shredded or, or got rid of so that might be something employers want to consider as well. I got a shredder for my but my last Did birthday. You? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I was like, what, what, what have I become? Yeah. I, I am getting a shredder for my birthday. They are uh, handy though to have, especially <laughs> if you are like, I quite like writing um, handwritten notes and stuff. And obviously you end up with reams and reams of paper. So you have to be really careful what you do with that. So it is a really good idea yeah, to have one. <laughs> I'd say, you know, I've got a big document to read. I like to print it out and then and then read it and mark it up. Um, so yeah, shredder helps with that. But um, <laughs> I, you know what all our listeners are going to take away from this podcast, don't you? They're going to forget all the all the, the other all bits the shredders are going to sell out and just uh, <laughs> go with the shredder as a, an Absolutely. option. Um, but the final topic, and again, like like Amy says, it, it is a bit of a whistle stop tour in terms of how to protect the business. And I could talk to you for uh, you know a full podcast in itself in terms of this um, option and and its restrictive covenants, which obviously come into play. Post-termination, um, you're looking at, uh, obviously, the contractual protection that you have. Um, are they harder to enforce now because of the pandemic? Well, perhaps, yeah. I mean, the, the fundamental obviously, point to remember on restrictive covenants is that, it, essentially, if they are a restraint of, restraint of trade, um, the courts aren't going to like them. So they have to be drafted reasonably. Um, and they also have to be drafted um or kind of taken in, taken as read as as when they were entered into. Um, you know, so this if you have restrictive covenants that have been in place for twenty years and, and are applicable to everybody in the organisation and, and are too wide, they're not going to bite. Um, you know, so it is sensible that you do a review, and and obviously the new hybrid way of working does facilitate that review to say, well, hang on, is, is this is this still appropriate? Are we you know, kind of, are these still uh, effective? Do they still relate to the individual and their role? Has their role changed? How, how does that play into restrictive covenants? You know, kind of, have they been off on furlough? Have they, has the kind of the contact with the, you know, kind of relevant customers or employees? How's that changed? What's that dynamic looking like? Do we need to tweak it to to impact upon on those kind of things? Um, and you know, kind of effectively. It, it may make it harder to to understand how those key relationships work you know mm -hmm. kind of unless there is some kind of record as to to what conversations are, are still happening between customers between members of the team um and, and all these will play into the enforceability of of restrictive covenants um you know kind of an and i unfortunately see it way too often organizations come to lawyers effectively wanting a magic wand to be waved to stop an, an employee going off and, and working for a competitor or 
going off and taking customers with them or you know kind of people from their team and and there is you know kind of only so much lawyers can do at that stage um you know yes we can send letters and, and point out the restrictions but if if they are in, unenforceable um for for any number of reasons then to some extent to to pursue it any further would be throwing good money after bad so the key is to make sure that before you get to that stage that audit has been done that review has been done and that you know kind of the key members of staff have the appropriate restrictions in place um you know because that will then allow the organization to properly protect itself um and it, and again it, it feels as if i'm just talking about negative things um you know kind of because people are leaving but like i said earlier it is a fact of life so it is something that organizations should look to to keep on top of and 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 having that kind of annual audit isn't a bad thing you know kind of employees often um have you know kind of a pay review and and to the extent that there is any increase then that's your perfect time to to bring in you know kind of those slightly tweaked or those restrictive covenants that are more likely to be enforceable so um absolutely recommend that that's something a business does rather than focus too much on shredders and 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 giving those to their staff although that's not a bad idea um so yeah we're, we're in a we're in a new world we're in a hybrid world um and the businesses perhaps have to think a little bit differently about how they are going to protect themselves um but but there are certain things that can be done so hopefully you know what amy and i've discussed today has, has given you a bit more of an insight and food for thought um but as ever if you do have any queries or questions then you know don't hesitate to get in touch uh, shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.co.uk is is the best method um but thanks amy Thanks, really insightful. Yeah,